0: and you might not even know what you need. You might you might think your knee or your back is what you need to work on, but really you need to start unpacking other stuff or calm your mind more often to regulate, you know, cortisol and all the other stuff that happens inside.
1: Well, it's amazing. And this is this is where I had where I started looking into yoga when I was a physician because there were other layers that that I definitely wasn't hitting as a physician
0: welcome to stronger bones lifestyle podcast i am debbie robinson your host and guide on your stronger bones lifestyle journey i'd like to introduce a new section of stronger bones lifestyle podcast it is called her story osteoporosis in this area of the podcast i will dive into the world of bone health with women with a diagnosis of osteoporosis or osteopenia sharing experiences, insights, and strategies for leading a stronger life, for taking control of their bone health. It is a chance to be a part of an empowering community and inspiring others who are navigating their own osteoporosis journey and want to learn all they can on natural approaches to bone health. If you are passionate about taking control of your bone health and overcoming the challenges of osteoporosis or osteopenia, we would love to hear your story on the Stronger Bones Lifestyle Podcast in the section Her Story Osteoporosis. Carol, welcome to Stronger Bones Lifestyle Podcast. I'm looking forward to having a conversation with you today and learning about your story, your life Thank journey. You. Thank you Debbie it's it's wonderful to be here all right great so you mentioned to me when I asked you to be on that you said I have a story and I don't even know what that is so can you tell us your story what I'm so excited to learn whatever
1: that is I spent uh, my career as a pediatrician and as a physician and, and in the maybe the last seven years of my career I I just started feeling that there was something I was missing as my patients started having, you know, as they were telling me about their chronic symptoms like um, migraines or abdominal pain or what they were experiencing, I was thinking, well, there must be something else that I could do for them. That and I knew at that point that yoga was an alternative, but I just said, "Oh, we'll go take yoga," which was probably not helpful at all. I received this brochure about a uh, lecture series on yoga and medicine that and was taking part in, at UC San Diego, and that's really what started me off because I was in a group of people who were physicians, therapists, uh, yoga. Uh, yoga practitioners and yoga um, teachers. And it got me thinking about what role that yoga specifically, but other expanded areas of medicine could could help us with. Wow.
0: Yeah, I love that. Okay. And when you said that so let's go farther, because there's one question we'll come back to where you, you recommended yoga and you realize now that might not have been well, the best thing oh, to yeah. do. And that's because I think that's going to bring us into that word yoga, what it means, or just there's so much variation in that. So you actually, did you get trained to be a 200 hour yoga teacher?
1: After after I retired, what what happened is I took these uh, courses. I took two courses at a University of California, San Diego, on yoga and medicine, and then I decided that because when I was working as a pediatrician, I didn't have time to do uh, to a, a, a training. So I decided after. After uh, retirement, uh, which occurred at the beginning of 2017, I'd enroll in a 200-hour teacher training class, thinking that that would be what I would do uh, and keep it at that. And the reason why just do yoga, uh, it wasn't appropriate, is that you... A good yoga uh, teacher and a yoga therapist, which I'm now studying to be, makes the movement, makes the breathing, makes the whole experience more specific. And that's what people really need is is something tailored more to their their specific needs.
0: Yeah. So yoga, a mind-body practice, when it came over to the West, it had, you know, an allure because it seemed like you'd be flexible and skinny. A lot of the practices were a vinyasa flow. So they were a flowing practice. They were hard practices. You know, yoga traditionally was used for young teenage boys to manage yeah. young teenage boy energy.
1: So to that their energy so that they could sit down and study. Yeah. Uh, right. For year old boys. And so these, these, these poses, this, this high energy uh, was was developed for that age group and there's different practices that are appropriate at different age groups i mean in in yoga study you have the 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 young person the child who is studying and who has lots of energy you have then what what is called the householder who is the 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 person who's who's managing their household may have children, has a job. You have multiple things going on at that point of your life, and then you have um, the 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 retiree or the older uh, aged person, and the practice really is different. You have more asana, which is the physical practice, as you're younger. And, and more meditation as you're older and uh, it, it's tailored for the entire span of life.
0: Yeah. And I think that's exactly why just go do yoga doesn't work because it really is what you, what type of practice are you take are you studying? And I know in my 30s, I was doing the crazy stuff until I had got my injury in my 40s. And it's great because it does help when you have high energy, anxiety, a lot of mental energy. The physical practice being hard does keep you in the moment. You're like, oh my gosh, how much longer am I going to be here? And oh no, not another downward facing dog or whatever. Like you're just so present moment. And then yoga therapy. So when did you hear about the word yoga therapy?
1: As as I was in my 200 hour class because I was studying at um, Loyola Marymount university uh, for my 200 hours and they had a yoga therapy class so there was a lot of discussion about you know yoga therapy and always the student has i have found out since i retired is i just said okay well there's something more to study okay then let me go ahead and sign up for that uh and as i as i got into it then i understand and I'm still learning what the difference is between yoga and yoga therapy. But from what I can, what I see so far, I see more concentrated work on, a, on an individual level. Um, you have to have certain skills. Some of my medical skills have come in very handy, like how to take a history and and how to evaluate somebody on a physical exam and then using my knowledge about what is going on with them, what would be the most appropriate practice to to meet their goals? Because one of the things you start out with with a, a client, and most of much of yoga therapy is one-on-one, but most what you start out with a client is well, what's your goal? What do you want to get out of this? This is a probably the most important thing you ask, because if you're not addressing what somebody wants to get out of it, then you're 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 missing the boat because for example if if you as a, a practitioner think that somebody needs something may think they need some something else you've got to start where the person is what they want and then gradually add in from your experience uh, what you think would be would be
0: appropriate for mm-hmm. them yeah Uh, and what's really interesting so i mean i've gone to india to study i finished my yoga therapy training and i learned i love it i love the wisdom of yoga and so what i learned one of the times is that the ultimate goal of yoga is freedom from suffering that that's the ultimate goal and so that could be suffering at the layer of the mind which really that is where most of the suffering is when you start to get into it yet when the body is suffering if you have low back pain if you have chronic knee pain if you have arthritis if you have osteoporosis or other medical conditions you're so distracted by what's happening in your physical body and yoga can bring has tools there with the asana to help strengthen the back or or whatever you know anxiety calming the mind maybe some of the headaches could be positional or tightness in the upper back and neck and and unblocking that that restriction of flow So there's many different tools in the practice of yoga. I think people think that yoga is just this physical practice that you go to your mat and you just do an exercise. It's so vast and deep and healing and intentional. And like you said, it goes from general to specific, individualized when you're doing yoga therapy, what is it you need? And you might not even know what you need. You might might think your knee or your back is what you need to work on but really you need to start unpacking other stuff or calm your mind more often to regulate you know cortisol and all the other stuff that happens inside
1: well it's amazing and this is this is where i had where i started looking into yoga when i was a physician because there were other layers that that i definitely wasn't hitting as a physician and and as a physician you you your goal is to see the person who comes in treat them for what they what their chief complaint is what they come in for and 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 then have them go and what you don't have time with is well, what else is going on in your life? I mean, I did this with my adolescence and I drove my nurse crazy because then I got really late and behind a schedule. Because I always was interested. Well, what else is going on? I mean, what you know, how's school going? How's how's uh, home life? And and we need to realize that we're we're super connected. It's starting to come in medicine that we're mind and body connection. And I see more articles that are that uh, about that since I since I retired. and it's just that we don't have time to go into it. I think we know that I'm thinking we know as physicians what needs to be done. and our system, well, our system is is illness based rather than than wellness based. And the the sad part about that is we're um, we're paid on an illness based um, scale. So if you see more patients and you can code it, to the codes is then you have more illness based codes wellness codes you often don't get paid for so there is there's sort of a we know what to do we know what's needed and I see a lot of complaints yeah, from physicians but it, this our, our system is unusual uh, would be a, a a very nice way of putting it to um to accommodate these needs
0: yeah. And it's really ironic because honestly, I think that the profits are behind so much of what's done or or maybe status quo or the way that we did things. Preventative medicine, like the huge costs of illness are are so great to insurance companies that if they really understood this preventative aspect, there would be so less money spent on care for people when they're sick. Uh, and I I don't know all the statistics. I know that and especially end of life because I work with the aging population, which is over the mid-30s, but my population is really 50 or 55 or 60 plus. When we start to take care of ourselves, we don't have those great needs. So who knows what's going to happen? So on the side for those, and not even on the side, because I do see also this integration, this raised awareness in medicine. I teach yoga for a hospital. I know that you taught at a hospital. I do see some in in the handouts. There's there's more attention paid to breathwork, meditation, movement practices, you know, yoga, tai chi, and even recommendations from physicians on, you know, start practicing yoga or start doing meditation or breathwork, even if they don't know exactly what that means. They're saying yeah. go do it, just like
1: you did with go do yoga, and yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and- also, we're we're dealing with lifestyle. Uh, really, what it is is lifestyle medicine. But one thing I, I I recommend highly is the Netflix series on the Blue Zones. That um that I just watched the whole thing. There's different areas in the world where people have an unusually long longevity and the author of this has has been looking at this for years but it's a very well done uh documentary and it just shows you that it's people are living longer because of their lifestyles and they're not doing things to live longer they're they're just living their lives and the consequences they're living longer and but, and not just longer cuz that's not really the point is how you're how you're aging and I just started with my yoga therapy class. So I'm working at a, a retirement home and you see when you work in a retirement home and I'm working in memory care and assisted living. So, so people are debilitated both mentally and physically, and you see what, an option is for older older age. There's no guarantee that if you do yoga or you eat well, they're going to live to 100 and you're going to not be. I mean, but it it can't hurt, and we have to start think, looking at our lifestyle. And what Butner did, which was very interesting, he said, "Well, it's environment. He it's environment." So what he did is he went into particularly this one city in the Midwest, and he. He just the, the whole city was behind him as to change the environment, to change the lifestyle, and see what happened. And what happened? was people were were getting healthier. Uh, we had these have these blue zones in in actually in Southern California. I don't know what the current status of them is, but they were uh, the beach cities: uh, Manhattan, Redondo, and Hermosa uh, had been involved. Um, maybe about started in 2010 11 and i don't know what ha- what's happened with covid and how that's affected it and where things are now yeah
0: i know i remember a couple of ladies in one of my yoga classes were on the committee for that and yeah i watched that series i haven't watched every single episode i've watched most of them though and it is it's lifestyle and it's not about adding years to your life it's about adding life to your years
1: yeah yeah exactly that's a good thing saying it it's it's about it's about being productive and productive. Quality. Not outwardly productive, but inwardly productive. And ha- having a having a meaning, having a having having meaning in your life, having connections in your life. These are so important. And we we're heading in a different direction in our in our society about loneliness and spending too much time on cell phones and computer and Japan now has a minister of loneliness in, uh, to, to evaluate that. And, and, and we are thinking of the same in this country. So it's, it's an interesting, it's some interesting thoughts.
0: You know, Carol, for me, so I've always been a very, an extrovert, very social needed to be with people, always with people. I always have been, and as I, I believe that yoga played a role in this for me, as I started to study more yoga, yogic philosophy, understanding the connection we all all living things have, whether it's humans or all life forms, this connectivity and you know, like we plug our cell phone in at night to recharge our batteries. So with meditation or this understanding that we as humans need to plug ourselves in to charge ourselves. So I would I started to use the term that I'm more alone, but not lonely in my life. So although Debbie today doesn't show up in the social way that she used to, I'm not lonely. Because the other thing that I remember from one of my first yoga therapy trainings is they drew a a stick figure of a human on the board. And these external arrows were pointing away from it. And they said that we live our lives external. We're human doings. We're we're sensory consuming, we're watching, we're listening, we're so external and when we do that, we're then gonna compare ourselves to others, we're gonna see what we don't have, what we're not, all of that's gonna happen. The practice of yoga when you start to do some of the steps of yoga, when you start to focus on going inward, coming to present moment, whether that's through breath, whether that's through a gentle asana practice, whether that's through studies, or listening to things, or going out to the ocean and looking at the sunset, when you start to do that and you start to go inside, there is no loneliness because you realize you're really not alone. You're part of all life force energy. And at the center of life force energy, whatever you want to call that energy, consciousness, God, higher self, whatever, it's love energy. And so Mm -hmm. you actually take a bath in love and then there is no loneliness. Yes. Yeah. So... I just, I see like the deeper aspects of this this practice of yoga. And, and it was my yoga therapy training because I did the 200 hour training and I was trained in the poses and, you know, we were doing a vinyasa type practice and even myself studying as a teacher. I couldn't always remember. Inhale overhead, forward fold, stand back. But then as I started to develop a hip injury in my 40s, I actually couldn't do that physical practice. So the physical practice that I had learned as yoga that I was teaching and learned, I no longer could do in my body. And I started to question, how can I practice yoga? Because I can't really move. And so to me, yoga meant a physical practice. And I decided to go and study yoga therapy because I thought I would learn more, not even really knowing what it was. Now, the program that you're doing and that I did at LMU in Southern California is a clinical based training and Mm -hmm. we are trained by physicians. I mean, my endocrinology section was with Vikram Vikram Kumdar, who is head of endocrinology at UCLA. That's who's training us on the endocrine system and uh, stress and cortisol and we were trained by physicians in Dr. Art Brownstein, who was on with Dean Ornish on Aetna's program for reversing heart disease. And he told us that they changed their diet, but the main thing that they did with these heart patients to reverse heart disease was yoga, was breath work, meditation, and gentle movement. Um, so we were trained clinically and then, you know, to to know what's a knee replacement, what's a hip replacement. Um, my students at use at a Torrance Memorial, when I first started, I'd say, okay, does anybody have anything they would like that I need to be aware of? I have spondylothesis. I've got a torn rotator cuff. I've got a knee replacement. And I would go home and I would be like, I'd look at, I'd look at what, what do you do with a knee replacement? What with a hip replacement? And so when I went through the yoga training program, the yoga therapy, you learn about these conditions so you can modify the practice for whoever is either in a group setting or sitting in front of you as an individual.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we are clinically very clinically trained at LMU. Um, that was actually at one point a, a, a criticism that we weren't getting enough of the the other the other aspect of it. And I remember having a long discussion with one of the other students and the and the director of our program about that so it's a balance i mean the goal of the program in particular at lmu would be to fit you into a clinical situation so for me i've i mean i've been there done that not 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 going back moving moving along in a different direction so i i um i i like the more the lectures uh that were dealt with uh the putting it all together, the internal portion of yoga, you can call it spiritual, you can call it internal breath work essential. Those are the things that I feel that, you know, balance out the, the knowledge of of uh, the orthopedics and the endocrinology and the, the medical aspect of what, what we do.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I guess for me, because the way that I came to all of this When I was 44, a yoga teacher tore my labrum in my hip. I received an adjustment. I had a very strong practice. I received an adjustment. I was in Baddha Konasana, soles of the feet together, knees out to the side. They put their hands on the top of my femur bones and pushed out from my hips to give a little bit space in the hip. Use their body at the back of my body to extend my spine and then flex my body forward. My And I've actually never talked about this in my podcast much, but I really do think this is an important story because it's why I do what I do. My knees touched the floor. My face touched the floor. It felt amazing. And I was so grateful to be adjusted and to be guided that far because I couldn't get there myself. And then I felt a pop in my hip and my whole entire internal self went to that hip almost like eyeballs to look and say, what just happened? What just happened? There was no pain because there's not a lot of nerves or innervation in the hip itself. But from that point onward, my stability changed. And as I would play tennis and I would plant my feet to hit a ball, I would stop, but my body was still moving. And so my journey with someone who was a fantastic teacher and had command of the physical, the spiritual, and all the parts, like I loved that class. But I was injured because we don't know what's happening inside of a body or in level of joints. And I'm sure that they never received training to the depth that we did musculoskeletally. And so it's always been important to me that I never hurt somebody in a class. And so the more I could learn physically and, you know, you're a physician. So you have that knowledge of the body in a way that most people learning about yoga don't have that. So to gain that knowledge musculoskeletally, soft tissue, what's appropriate, and then the aging process, you know, a 44 year old female versus a 20 year old. And that's important. And yeah, then the, the real healing, the deep layers of healing are what you're talking about. When we start to get to the, the mind and the management of thoughts, the management of self, the awareness of self and ego and how we show up. And how does this physical practice that we do on a mat have anything to do with that, but learning that it is, that, that it's all connected.
1: So that's amazing because I have a similar type of story. It wasn't, it was more self-imposed rather than imposed by uh, an adjustment. But uh, uh, about three years ago, 2021, And I was in my retirement, I was just really enjoying the physical activity. I was doing um, yoga, a bar method. I was doing a ton of ballet, which is my first love. And I was doing too much ballet, but I had my ego just got absolutely out of control. So I thought I was 20 and I started jumping like a 20-year-old would do without problem. And I had a fairly severe back injury, which... Resulted in some nerve damage in my leg, which I'm still dealing with. But as I get older, you sort of learn that these these are good teaching tools, and um, using this to um, to evaluate. Well, where am I, and where am I today, and how can I modify? Still, I still do ballet, and I've gone back. I'm not doing where I'm not nearly where I was before. But how can I accept where I am right now? and that has a lot to do with um where your ego is where your thoughts are where where what type of self acceptance that you develop or have and it's been a great learning experience everybody says that your best learning experiences are your own injuries for anything physical and it's very true wow
0: that's great so the ego i often say in my classes check your ego at the door and Yes, because we show up with that ego and we want to do more. And depending on who we are as a person, we go in, we try hard, and we push ourselves without realizing. and And the thing that I learned from injuries is that injuries can take you out of the game of life. They can really stop you in your tracks, depending on what level it is. I mean, my torn labrum led to a botched surgery with tried to repair it, to a collapsed hip, which just completely stopped me in my tracks at the age of 49 and actually 50. And so knowing that we have to really moderate our ego and that we even have an ego, knowing that when Carol shows up to a yoga mat, who is Carol?
1: Who is Carol
0: that's showing up to the yoga mat? Who is she today? And is she remembering that even though she feels 20 in her mind and can still be the ballerina, that the physical package that you're living in has been here longer than 20 years, that tissues have dehydrated or shortened, that there's not as much neuromuscular communication, that there may be less muscle mass, less bone mass to actually get that there, there there are less, maybe less pep in your step. Because it's part of the process of what happens to our bodies as we age. Regardless, you're in very good condition. You take immaculate care of yourself. And so, regardless, we just have to pay, you know, come in with that self awareness, the ego. And yoga does that because it brings you present moment and even introduces these concepts to you. So, you even have to realize. Um, and that's one of the things I always say to people is, I don't want you to say i can't do something don't come in and you have a wrist injury so you're like oh my wrist is injured i can't do anything instead find out where is your range of motion in the word can and it may be that it's very minimal and it may be that you can do a lot but just knowing what is still what's what where you're all we're always in the can zone we always are it's a range of motion it's not an all or nothing and still using it so you don't lose it and so i feel that the yoga therapy training 1000 hour of training beyond the 200 hour does bring that in musculoskeletally and those deeper aspects of self awareness and ego
1: yeah. and another another word you can use in that yet i can't do that yet because it opens the possibility that with with working at at a more a less advanced quote unquote advanced level that you make, you make the changes and you do the strengthening and you do the, the, the rehab and the mental, and the mental connection between your brain re reconnecting to your nerves. And there's a lot of connection between your, your brain and, and your nerves. And so I, I like that yet as well, because it means that today, Maybe not, but that doesn't mean that I'm stuck in this absolutely for tomorrow. That's great,
0: Carol. I think I'm going to use that one actually, because that's that's hopeful. And I think that for humans, we need hope yeah. and having hope is what will help you proceed. Yes. And, you know, because I specialize in bone health the stronger you approach strengthening your muscles and bones the the stronger they will be so we need to push and pull on them effectively and with strength yet you have to do it at the right pace and you have to find where you can be today and bring in whatever is appropriate for you and so not stopping slow and steady wins the race it really really does we need to be turtles And turtles Mm -hmm. have really hard shells. And so we're working on strength. Yeah, so so many, I mean, I didn't even know what today's discussion would be with you. I didn't know where we would go with this.
1: We've gone gone so many places that I didn't think about, but you know, um, it's been fun.
0: It's been really, really great, Carol, because you've just, there's a lot here. You've kind of brought in the conventional approach to illness slash wellness. And then the yoga and your experience with that and your um, understanding that you needed to do more that, that, you know, just whatever the parameters were that you were um, in taking somebody needed to be deeper beyond that and you wanted to help. So yeah, there's been, there's been a lot here. I think that we have shared information that, well, about yoga therapy, because we're both on that track, but just how valuable yoga can be for someone's life. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything you'd like to share before we close out this discussion? Any anything you I, want to share?
1: Well, just as a physician, I look at at this as expanded rather than alternative because I'm not I'm, you know, we've done a lot of research and there's some very good concepts in 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 traditional medicine and we're not I'm not at all putting that at the door. I'm just want to see use that that as a base to then move on. And I'm not saying, oh, just just you know, you all your you know, ditch all your 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 diagnoses. No, you you take them with you and you work with your physicians and you expand on that work.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, conventional medicine is amazing for acute care and it's great for joint replacements. I mean, I couldn't have lived my life without my hip replacement. So I love my orthopedic surgeon. Yet a lot of our illnesses today, and you kind of made mention to this, are lifestyle-based. And if you have a lifestyle-based illness, which are many of the metabolic illnesses, that would be diabetes, heart disease, cancer, um, and osteoporosis. These have a lifestyle component they're metabolic conditions there's multifaceted and it's what's happening internally with your biochemistry yet the driver starting up here in the mind because the whole breakdown some of the hormones that are catabolic or breakdown cortisol being the main one that these are that's what breath work and meditation yes there's medications there's medications for depression and anxiety and some of the mental emotional Yet that doesn't always heal the person. And so then there needs to be more than that. So yes, it's an expansion. I like that. Or complimentary. Or, you know, just that let's do it all. Like a smorgasbord. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I think that all ladies will really enjoy this conversation that we had today. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed talking with you. Thank you so much for listening to Stronger Bones Lifestyle Podcast. Bone loss is not an inevitable part of aging. We don't have to just wait for it to happen. There is so much that you can do and that is what you will learn each week on the show. Go to my website, Robinson.com. If you want more information about what was shared in today's episode, at the bottom of this episode in the show notes, there will be links to whatever was shared. Please subscribe to this podcast share this podcast with your friends your family or any women that you think may be interested or benefit from the information we're sharing please rate the podcast and if you have any questions you'd like asked or answered i would love to hear from you let's do this ladies let's change the way the world views osteoporosis and slow down stop or reverse our bone loss take charge and show other ladies what is possible thank you so much for joining me